Hello, everyone. I am Dana Alvarenga, the Vice President of Customer Experience at Slap 5. And I am Kaylee Basket, and I'm the Director of Revenue Growth at Slap 5. And this is Customer X Therapy, where we invite you to take a seat on our virtual couch and tell us what's on your mind. Whether you need some guidance or want to offer therapy to your fellow Customer X pros, we are here to listen. All right. And today we have Barbara Thomas, also known as BT. Can you give us a quick background and introduction on who you are? Sure. Happy to. Um, The name is Barbara Thomas, but everyone pretty much knows me in this industry as BT, as Dana mentioned. I am currently the Senior Customer Advocacy Manager for Improvada located in uh, Massachusetts. And I have uh, published a book called Advocate Marketing, um, published by Pearson Publishing in 2016. Barbara, we know that you're passionate about recognizing the value of advocacy within the total customer lifetime value formula. Um, Can we talk a little bit about what that exactly means, how advocacy activities are tracked to determine the value and effectiveness of that activity, and going to go right into it. Okay, great. Well, what's the value of advocacy? It it is a question that everybody needs to calculate on their own, because not everybody does all of the different advocacy activities. I know, for example, um, I don't currently use influencers as part of my advocacy program. Uh, That's something that's more agency uh, that you see out there. I don't know if your audience is familiar with them. What are these acts of advocacy and activities? Well, um, it could be public use of a company logo you should really get permission utilize a company uh look probably um easiest um advocacy activity that someone could participate in then you have um a quote a advocate provide metric of success they could be a private reference or host a prospect to come on site and they serve as a private reference to that prospect of how they implemented a solution and if this particular reference is extremely busy they may say hey why don't you record me asking me all the basic questions a reference would ask on a uh, private phone call. And that way you can use it whenever, wherever you want to. Then you have uh, things such as social media uh, posts, uh, retweets or likes, or maybe a short blog that an advocate will write for you. Maybe they'll do a video testimonial on their um, mobile phone for you. Um, They could even travel to a trade show event to be a speaker for you, either a global industry event or uh, just a small regional user group event. Uh, They may agree to be a speaker on a webinar or 
podcast like I'm doing or meet at a um, online or in-person customer advisory board meeting. They may be very innovative customers and agree to be a beta tester and help with your launch. Another form of being a reference would be a peer review site where they go out to a public third-party review site and leave a, a review of how much they love your solution, your product, or your service. Or they could do a press release with you. The companies could do a joint press release when they purchase or when uh, there's a new release coming out and they support it and they help develop it. There's also award programs. There's the industry awards that uh, you can enter an advocate for and that helps their career and help their recognition or you might have an internal award program where advocates want to be a part of and they share their story and their success. Analyst reports and interviews are very important for large organizations when they're trying to get to that upper right hand corner of the quadrant or high in the wave or you can book an advocate to talk to the media, to do interviews about a subject matter that your product or solution helps address. And if they don't do an interview, maybe they're a subject matter expert who will write an article and you help place that article that they wrote, that story, with different publications. There's also the online community where someone takes that leadership role to help reduce customer support costs and they're answering uh, the newbie questions or technical questions that um, may come up within the community. Or maybe this advocate has a peer or a colleague who has a need for a similar solution and they refer that person, that colleague to your organization. And so that's a referral that an advocate might do. One of the more interesting advocate um, activities might be the Uber advocate or the strategic advocate. This is someone who um, is willing to do these high level um, visible status type of activities to help grow their career and you in return support that growth. It might be company to company, it might be person, um, you support an individual person, but you have this agreement um, that benefits both parties. And then there's the influencer advocate. This is where someone is a subject matter expert or they have an audience out um, online and they mention your product um, without being paid. Or in some cases in the B2C world, you actually uh, work with them like a partner and they become part of your partner program. Um, where they will mention you for uh, sponsorship. But there are many cases where a 
reporter, a writer, an influencer um, will gladly share how much um, they appreciate and value your product. Great. Thank you for the background there. And so for you, um, how are these activities tracked and, you know, what is sort of the baseline way to measure the value of each of these activities? Um, it's quite a range, right, from all the way from just logo sharing to potentially speaking at a, a conference in person. So how, how are, is that value determined in your mind? Well, uh, the value needs to be perceived by the company. Not everybody does all of these activities. And I didn't even list all the different advocacy activities uh, that you would engage an advocate in. So what you want to track is, is that engagement um, number of times that they participate, the level. That's something you can do quite easily in a tool. Um, and if it's not doing that for you, uh, you're using the wrong tool. What about the high value to an organization? Um, what Which activities have a high value? Well, a high value is determined by each organization. What is highly valued by me may not be highly valued by you. So that is something each organization needs to do an exercise and evaluate themselves. What would you say those evaluation criteria should be? That's interesting because um, I, I was doing an exercise rec recently, um, a little research project of my own, and I was listening in on how different people were um, kind of evaluating how they were calculating the value. Um, let me give you an example. Um, so in my research, um, I had customer advisory board member. And as I sat there and asked them, how, how would you rate this um, on a low scale dollar wise and on a high scale dollar wise? And they would, they would sort of talk to themselves or talk to me about, uh, first of all, how difficult an exercise this was. It was insanely difficult for them to put a monetary value to an advocacy activity. And I, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Now go ahead and do it. So they would talk through, well, you know, these people are giving you valuable insights that you they're just not available any other place. These are, you know, these are usually the high level executives, these, you know, these business champions that we have, and they're willing to share openly the insights about any kind of product marketing, marketing, 
customer support, uh, customer success service, all of these contacts that we have associated to the account, they're will willing and readily providing insights in these areas. And you just can't get that any place else because, you know, executives don't fill out surveys or they don't go to certain meetings or um, events. You know, you don't see a lot of them on the webinars we, we promote. And so as they would talk about this, as they would um, go through, oh, how would I do this? What would be high? What would be low? This is the kind of value that comes up that this obviously has a higher value than a, the public use of a logo because of uh, who's involved, how you get the information, uh, how scarce it is that someone is opening up, and all of this pretty much remains private. Um, that was the thought process that I observed doing this whole research project. It was quite interesting. Yes, yes. So, so why is this, in your opinion, why is this perceived high value activities, low value activities of an advocacy value so important to an organization? Why is this exercise or, or this advocacy value really just so important to not only the organizations, but to the, these executives? The reason why I'm really pushing for organizations to understand the value of advocacy activities all streams back to a project that I had to do for uh, sales executives a few years back where they wanted confidence in giving a customer a huge discount that they were asking for. And so we went through this exercise of calculating um, the customer lifetime value. But it, it wasn't just the customer lifetime value, this was the total customer lifetime value. And, and what do I mean by that? It is taking the revenue that they spent minus the cost of acquisition for that customer. So you take that revenue, you go and get all the invoices and you add up that revenue as long as, as they have been a customer. And you also add the value of advocacy because that engagement level also tells you the possible renewal the possibility of renewal. So you have revenue minus cost of acquisition plus advocacy activity value equals the total customer lifetime value. Does that make sense? It does, and, and that kind of reiterates back of understanding what, what triggered the need or, or this idea that um, 
you came across this um, project and this idea. But I, I guess what would be interesting for, for the audience to hear is how would an advocate professional go about figuring out the value of advocacy activities within their own organization? What process yeah. would they need to go through? Right, right. Uh, the, the That activity, uh, once we went through um, this whole exercise, we looked at all the invoices and that gave us around $22 million that this customer, um, it, obviously this was a huge company with I'd a say. large, <laughs> large sales, uh, um, dollar amount to their products. So, um, this customer, had spent around $2 million over a couple of years, and um, they were asking for a huge discount. We tacked on what we believe to be the advocacy activity value, which is really a sign. Um, it is a huge indicator when someone is highly engaged with you and doing different advocacy activities that is a huge indicator of renewal. And so we looked at the advocacy activities and it was really simple to align the reference activity because you would look at the opportunity dollar amount and you can plug that in. But what value do you give to someone who's doing public speaking for you? And I mean huge events like global events that national press organizations go to, what value do you tack on that? Well, you have to sit down and as a company, you have to determine what value do we perceive to these? And of course you can't just put one value on speaking publicly because you have small events that you get speakers for and you have huge national press events that you get speakers for. Well, this company did. And so we added up all of those advocacy activities and it came to almost $10 million. So if you look at the $22 million and then you add the almost $10 million, the total customer lifetime value was a little over $30 million. So if we've gone back to the executives that were trying to calculate, well, should I give this customer this big discount? They would only be looking at $22 million. Because we went through this exercise and we looked at the advocacy activities and that engagement level, and we, really dove into what that value meant, that brand value, that um, reference value, all of these different values. And we assigned a dollar amount as a group. This wasn't done in a vacuum. We got different people within the organization to help us do this as quickly as possible. We went back with over $30 million as the answer. And having that answer versus the 22 million, it was a quick yes. The executives had confidence and assurance 
that yes, they could give that discount that that customer was asking for because they had this huge level of confidence in the renewal of the contract for year number three and probably year number four because this customer was so engaged with them. Just to clarify, so this discount was for a renewal. Am I understanding that correctly? Correct. Okay. And it was so, for contract renewal for products and services that they have. Understood. And so, I mean, to me, that really speaks to this sort of fact that we hear all over the place about the cost of customer acquisition being so much more expensive than that of retention. I'm curious, in doing that exercise of really trying to quantify these things, do you think that makes it a lot easier to have discussions across different business units in the organization about the value of advocacy? It is very powerful to talk. Once you go through this exercise within your organization, it is very powerful conversations that your CMO or the person in charge um, the CXO who's in charge of advocacy, it, it becomes uh, a very uh, it, valuable ammunition for them. Um, it helps support budget requests. It helps um, identify what areas they are helping to influence within the organization, whether that be customer support or sales or product um, marketing uh, launches, go-to-market uh, plans. It actually ties their connectivity to those different disciplines within the organization and they can immediately tie the value that they have to those uh, actions. <laughs> Which is so important in the customer X space of the customer reference manager, customer advocacy, customer marketing manager. That's huge. I, I would love love to hear kind of BT from you. Where, where would, I mean, there's a lot of one person shops, uh, hence our title of the podcast, Customer X Therapy, uh, coming to kind of understand challenges, learn some opportunities. This is definitely an opportunity for um, some customer X pros out there to bring more value to their organization, to that C-level suite. Where would you suggest they start to figure out their total customer um, lifetime value with the advocacy engagement value? Where would you suggest? I would start your the exercise. I, would, uh, I, I think everyone needs to do this independently. And I must plug uh, an article at this time that I'm writing. I've done some primary research on this and I'll be publishing an article soon about this on LinkedIn uh, with my results. So um, I'll be sharing the template, all the items that I listed and how I did it. Uh, so you can read the article and maybe that will help spark an idea of where you would start but go through and identify all the areas within your organization where advocates are utilized. 
it, it's that tracking of the listening path you have uh, within the customer life cycle. All of those areas where you listen to the customer, you utilize the customer, uh, the advocate in different areas, those are activities. Those are advocate activities. Wherever you use that happy customer freely, um, that's an advocate activity. And you want to put a value to it. Now, are there any benchmarks out there in the industry? No, of course not. Not at all. And that's why it would be too I'm, easy, right? <laughs> I know. That's why I went out there and I did my own little research project. And everyone who I pulled into it, I pulled about 35, 40 people into it uh, just to get a decent sample size. Uh, to every, everyone I, I, I involved, they're like, oh, can you please share the results with me? Or can you share this? information with me. Absolutely. That's why I'm doing this. Um, I'm not getting paid to do this. This is my volunteer work that I do for advocacy in general. And I'm putting it out there in the ether and hopefully someone will find value out of it. If not, and they debate it, great, because then we've at least started the conversation. And there are some people who will be pro and some people who are uh, against, but at least there's a conversation. And I feel there is great value in helping executives understand the full value of their advocates. Because on paper, if you're just looking at the dollars they're spending, you're missing a lot of the value your advocates are providing to you. As that example I provided earlier demonstrated. To me, it comes across as though company has to already have a pretty robust advocacy program in place in order to do this type of measurement. Would you say that that's accurate? It doesn't have to be robust. You might only do four things or five advocacy activities. You may have a spreadsheet. You're working off of a spreadsheet. Just on that spreadsheet, add a column that says internal perceived value and plug that dollar amount in. So every time you track someone doing that activity, you have the perceived value. It's just like tracking the dollar amount of opportunity that uh, you support. Right. And I do love this idea that it, it's almost like translating something that's qualitative into something quantitative, right? I think a lot of people look at ad advocacy activities, especially when it's, you know, people sharing customer voice or participating in speaking engagements. They look at that as almost qualitative you know, data that you're gathering, but in reality, there's absolutely ways to quantify it. So, you know, looking internally in order to figure out how that can be quantified. Yeah, it seems very intuitive. So I, I also want to point out, this is just step number one. Putting a value to the advocate's um, activity is step number one. Now, let's take a look at comparing that to your budget, how you spend your dollars. 
is your number one valued activity where you spend a lot of money or is it barely where you spend any money and maybe you should be rethinking that also it engages everybody within your organization so everyone has skin in the game when determining the value you don't do it all by yourself that's myopic that you you want a 360 degree point of view of what the value is so this is not what someone can do by themselves alone or just have only marketing participate in it this is a governance council type of activity within your organization if you have people on your governance council that includes customer support and CSMs and product marketing and sales and you know other people it's not just marketing people in your governance council I'm curious if you saw any surprising results when you you did this with your own sort of research project was there anything that jumped out as oh wow we're spending way too much money in this category uh, whereas it should the funds should be really allocated a little bit more in this other area you know uh, that's a great question um was i surprised i was blown away i was really surprised i included in my research um really small, small organizations. And I included obviously huge, huge um, global organizations. I have people from various backgrounds, various regions uh, that I included. Now, that doesn't make it a benchmark for you to use. It, it just gives you an idea of my methodology and based on the 35 to 40 people um i still have four more people to interview based on my current results i am really really shocked as to what is the leading activity as most valued and i know for a fact not everybody out there is doing this activity. So that's the teaser for your listeners to go out and read my article in the next oh, approximately two weeks that I was shocked and not everybody's doing this activity. <laughs> that, well, that's why we're talking to you. That's why we brought her to the couch. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Now, do you think that this exercise could almost be reverse engineered so that instead of the perceived value to the company, that you're talking to your customers about their perceived value that they're receiving back from participating in these activities? Because I think that, you know, if there's one thing that I know having a bit of a research background as well, it's that the results tend to be surprising and that we make a lot of assumptions about what people perceive to be valuable. So um, A, do you think that 
doing that research with the customers themselves of hearing in their own voices what provides the most value to them and why do you think that would be worthwhile and um, any advice on going about doing that absolutely that is worthwhile um, that's part of the basic profiling that you do and the part of our initiation process into the program because that helps me identify your persona um, we have a multi-tier uh, engagement um, if you do X Y and Z then you are part of um, this tier and if you're um, ABC you're part of this tier of engagement and with each tier we have different benefits that we offer and we identify what well, we use um, Forrester's uh, persona profile uh, profiling that they wrote about um, what about two years ago um, and we um, we find that incredibly invaluable so yes you're you are as you are onboarding an advocate you are doing something similar like this you have a list of activities and what they would like to engage in and rank them as to what's important uh, for them to engage in. Not that we can get them immediately engaged in those activities, but we know they value this activity higher than this activity. Right, and, and that makes sense. So I'm curious, and I think some of the listeners would be too, of what some of the benefits that you offer to those maybe like higher tiers, what are, what are the benefits that either they've identified or you've identified as being um, you know, so valuable that they just can't wait to participate in this program? Well, I can't give away all the secrets, but I can tell you um, that if you have someone at a high level who um, is looking to do public speaking, let's make sure that they're confident with their public speaking. And if they need a little training, a little support in that area, go ahead and invest in it. Um, are they open to um, having a stylist? Uh, how do they look on camera? Are they open to someone working with them, applying makeup? You know, all the newscasters do this. All the TV personalities do this. I'm not talking about turning them into David Bowie. I'm just talking about getting rid of the shininess and that um, helping them uh, wear the best colors for being on camera and having the best lighting um, especially in the day of COVID. This is extra that we would do for, for somebody at a higher level, at a higher uh, level of engagement. And yes, there are other things even beyond that that we would do. 
That's awesome. Well, that definitely kind of brings it all full circle back from what are these advocacy activities, acts of advocacy, um, and kind of where those personas fall into play, kind of what what are the most valuable to your customers? What are they getting out of it? I, uh, I loved hearing your insights about this. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the end result research and, and the template, template that you're going to be sharing. Um, so with that, we definitely really like to thank you for your time and telling us what's, what's been on your mind today and what you're working on. So would like to just let our listeners know what else you have going on outside of this research project, where they can find you, follow you, how, how can people get connected with you, BT? Oh, sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I pretty much accept just about every connection that uh, I get my way. Um, and I will be um, at the Customer XCon in November, uh, November 1st through the 3rd. Um, and I believe, Dana, you can share the link information for that event, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put it into the notes uh, of the podcast, but you can just go to customerxcon.com to find out more details about it. We'll make sure to link out to the Forrester article that BT mentioned during this podcast for inspiration for anybody else who wants to take a look. And with that, we are ending this session and we look forward to hosting the next guest on our couch. So feel free to submit a topic or apply to speak on the podcast on the Customer X Therapy Podcast LinkedIn. So just search on LinkedIn for Customer X Therapy Podcast and we're happy to take in any ideas that you may have. Thank you, everyone.